Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Ward and my guest today is Viviana Malafarina. It's a great yes. name, Malafarina. From the Basilisco Winery. Where is the Basilisco Winery? Basilisco is in Basilicata on a beautiful volcano, 600 meters above sea level. And the volcano's name is? Vulture. The Vulture. Yes. So Alianico del Vulture. Exactly. Which is a red wine. And who is the owner of Basilisco? The owner is Antonio Capaldo, which is the same owner of Feudi di San Gregorio. And how long have you worked there? Uh, Since he bought it. So I started 2010. And uh, my first vintage is 2011. Okay, so how? just tell us a little bit about the, the size of the estate. How many hectares of vineyard do you have at Basidisco? We have to- total vineyards are 25 hectares. The property is 50 hectares. Everything is uh, organic. And uh, the winery produces around 55 to 65,000 bottles. Okay, and on the other land that you have, do you have olives or is it just spare land? or no, uncultivated? mostly olives or fruit. And what kind of fruit? Lemons, oranges? Everything. No, no. Like we have, um, I don't know, all the name in English. Yeah, <laughs> we in Italian, have peaches, albicocche, so fichi, apricots, figs, yeah. ciliegie, amarene, uh, like bitter cherries, mere, pele, pears, and apples. Yes, oh, that's a nice mix. Yeah. So who was, who was the previous owner? Was it some old contadino, some old? Yeah, exactly. Peasant? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he sold because he retired. Well, mostly the, the the old people from Basilicata they kept the vineyards until they could, and then the new generation preferred to try to work in. The big uh, in factories, the yes, like in, in Potenza, which is the main, exactly. which is the capital city of the Basilicata region. Okay, so tell me about the wines that you make. How many different uh, Alianico wines do you make? We make one white wine, which right. is a Fiano, okay. only about five to six thousand bottles per okay. year. All the rest is Alianico, and I make uh, mostly two labels, which are the selection wine, Basilisco, and the entrance wine, which is Teodosio, 100% Alianico, all of them. And then three Cruz, which are uh, just a single vineyards. Uh, one is called the Fontanelle, uh, which is a young vine, and one is the Croix, which is a Piano di Croce. They all the, the different Contrade in, in Barile. So the Contrade is like the local, um, the, how the areas were divided up locally with, with names relevant to that local area yeah. so people knew um, whose land was whose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the, the third one is um, Storico, which is a vineyard uh, which is over 80 years old. So Storico means historical, yeah. yeah. And it actually is, a, is like the old... So 80 years old? More than 85. We don't know exactly how long ago it's been planted, but it's like a Prefiloxera Franco, and it's, um, the, the growing is a, a capanno, which is like the old tomato style with canes. We have about uh, a production which is in a good vintage is about uh, 12 to 15 quintals per hectare. Which, which is, is not, not a lot, yeah. No. So when you say Franco, you mean ungrafted? Yeah, ungrafted. And yeah. you can do that because the soil is? It's volcanic. It's, it's like volcanic, a sand. volcanic, yeah. yeah. So you're basically on a volcano volcano, aren't you? Yeah. Or an extinct volcano. Yes, the volcano is 1300 meters. We are about uh, 620 meters above sea level. And uh, all the soils are like I would say 95% uh, just the pure levic volcanic soil, more or less uh, irony. And then there is a, a small quantity of uh, soil which are like marna, clay, so arenaria. Small and clay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And arenaria, I don't know. Which is um, sandstone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that gave a very beautiful uh, possibility of uh, have a different alliance 
Bagnanico in a very small area. Everything is in the Council of Barile, 25 hectare, and I would say probably at least a 15 big difference between them. When you say a 15 days difference of ripening? No, 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 different in taste. You, you can have it on the table and you, would say it's, you wouldn't say it's one wine. You can actually say they're all very different between themselves. So what are the different, just go through the wines, the three red wines, and just go through how you ferment them. Do you ferment them differently? And then if you do, what the main flavours are and ageability and shape of these wines is? The vinification is per vineyard. So the, we, the, the old winery is in caves. So the container I use is quite small, normally 50 hectolitres. So every vineyard is one or more of these uh, vats. So 50 hectolitres is about 6,000 bottles worth mm-hmm. per vat. And uh, so every vineyard has a different... Uh, vinification system but just basically because I started uh, when I started like almost eight years ago I started just to work with a, a torch on my forehead and to see what was going on when I do the pump, pump up and because uh, you're in a cave right yeah, you are literally yeah, in a cave yeah, yeah. yeah so I just found out that there is one vineyard that need less time of this pump pump over how do you yeah, call pumping it over, yeah. and uh, some other one which need longer time before to to move up the the head of, uh, of skins so the vinification is really tailored on my observation Every Averagely, the the wine stay the wine stays with the skins like between 22, 24 to maximum thirty two days, and uh, again after that uh, the second part of the work is in uh, wood, and uh, also depending on what is the characteristic of the vineyard the ability of yeah, the, support the, or the, the, the potential yeah. yeah the way they were gonna work with the wood they, it changes a lot. Like to give you an example, out of the two crews, the main crews, the 15 years old has a 30% of new wood. With the 30 years old, I did it the, in 2013 and never again because it's been uh, the wood has been overwhelming on the on the on the characteristic of the vineyard. What about um, food matching? What what does Alianico from the Vulture mm-hmm. go well with? Alianico has a, has two main characteristics. Three, like actually, the the two like I would say the the notes it goes first of all. Uh, famous for are tannins uh, and acidity and then depending on uh, how do you work with it it can be more and less or less uh, powerful but basically it works very well with all the food which are very greasy because very it's fatty. because of the acidity and also it works very well with normally tendentionally culturally they they use it uh, to grill meats uh, or aged cheese uh, or very rich uh, sauce for uh, for pasta okay so it's mostly that is uh, so what about um ageability of alianico that is a nice story because it, uh, we don't have actually much of uh, history about it. So the potential is huge, but we don't know actually how long it can last because we don't have a, a deep culture of uh, good winemaking since a long time. So like I, I would say that what we taste now has a easily 20-25 years of history. But I've been trying a Llanico, not from our area because we didn't have the story yet, but from the late 50s, which are amazing. So it's just a matter of build up this new story. Okay, so one question is people think obviously you're in the far south of Italy, not that far from North Africa effectively, but mm-hmm. Licata. So we were thinking, right, you're going to be picking these, uh, you're, on a, you're on a volcano, pretty dry soil, not much organic matter. You're going to be picking these Alianico grapes in August, right? No way, no. Obviously, Alianico is very, like a late ripening and plus we are 620 meters above sea level. So we normally start harvest between the 10 and 15 of October and we end by 
uh, by the end of October, beginning of November. So this is one of the last yeah. wines to be picked in Italy, apart from, say, sweet wines like um, yeah. with, with Petritas grapes. We normally do a quite a competition with friends from uh, Valtellina. Uh, Valtellina is <laughs> an yeah. alpine uh, yeah. wine grass. It's amazing that you've got, at one end of Italy, you've got the Alps, Mm-hmm. You know, go skiing, and um, actually, you have a lot of snow around Potenza as well, don't you? You have yes. snow in uh, yeah. in winter. It's one of the coldest areas um, in Italy, even though it is one of the closest regions to Africa. Yes, it's it amazing is, yeah. you've got that. That. Yeah. Um, but so, how easy is it to find pickers that are willing to go out and pick easy. by hand? You mentioned this pruning system that you have, which we will we'll, 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 we'll investigate. But that has to be hand picked. So, is there a ready supply of people that want to go and climb up a, a volcano in the middle of uh, late October, early November to go and pick Alianica grapes? Unfortunately, yes, because uh, Basilicata is quite a poor region, and a lot of people need work, and they are locals. They we don't need to have uh, immigration for work because the uh, people doesn't find a work. Yes, but probably so. Italy's second or third poorest region economically. So, yeah. so just tell me a little bit, you mentioned some of the older vines, a lot of the vines are ungrafted because you're on this volcanic soil, and you mentioned a particular way of training the grapes to individual canes, just what, yeah. was, that, what was that called, and how does it work? It's called the Acapanno, Acapanno. and it's the traditional way, and they are accannate, just put on a cane. And uh, actually, the old vineyards, they all have uh, a small, the lower part uh, near the, the water, which like, I don't know how to say fossil. The um, like drainage stream, ditches or yeah. streams, yeah. And uh, they, they have these canes that grow spontaneously, and they are part of the heritage with so the like, vineyards. So it's kind of like a bamboo, it's, uh, yeah. I can't find, it's, but it's um, a reed, a mm-hmm. strong reed that you can then cut. Uh, rush that you can cut and then you could use it when it dries it, it makes a, a strong cane and exactly. you're using that to support and the vines. And they are used in a, like a tripod shape to sustain the, the vines and actually is that is the very very old uh, style of viticulture that's why the region is called also Enotria because of Enos and Trios which were the, the canes and um, the idea is that the, the, the vines are basically made to grow wild, not to be tamed by the humans. So actually what's happening in that kind of culture is that they can express their energy if they have or don't if they don't, but they are not sort of under constriction in, uh, in growing. And for a very old vineyard, it's very important because it can uh, just really uh, steam out what is, I, don't, I wouldn't know how to express, but it's like what is uh, too much is expressed by the leaves and the branches, and there is a lot of space to do it because it's like a, a bush, basically. So what you're saying is the vine can really express itself in the way that it wants to. It just gets a bit of support from these canes, but it's not growing in a like a hedge, like a straight yeah, row. It and can, they are not trimmed. It can trimmed. grow laterally. Yeah. They're not trimmed. They're not uh, blocked in the in the way they want to grow. They just grow up uh, like all the plants. If they can, they just grow up into the um, uh, skywards. Uh, yeah, and uh, and that's just the nature. They're, so they are but more what, happy. <laughs> what about picking? That must be you know if, if they're growing a little bit higgledy piggledy, it must slow picking down. But you're saying that you're actually getting better quality fruit. Yes, but like uh, like all the others, actually, what's happened is that the the fruit you want to pick is the one more close to the to the soil. To the vine itself, yeah, and to the trunk. To yeah. So basically, you always have still they are hanging like socks around, like <laughs> like in the, in a normal vineyard. So it's very easy to do the picking, and we don't pick what is on top, what is called the feminella. So that's the, like uh, a, on the secondary shoots. Yeah, because they they are cool. less full of polyphenol and taste. They are more acidic and more diluted, so they use less to make good wine. So the vine's being clever. It's, it knows that the warmth, because it's getting some reflected heat from the sun yeah. on this dry soil. So the the lower grapes are the ones that's what it's trying to do is make babies right make it it's, it's seeds yeah they yeah. should so yeah. those bunches will have the 
will have the sugar and uh, the ripeness to attract birds. Yeah. Tradition, that's what we. And they what we actually see. also have the protection of the the, the leaves. So then? they get some shade. Yeah. So, so do you, are they easier to ferment these these ones from the? Um, Very easy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the they do have a like a stress moment uh, when they are around three bubble in sugar. Let's say like uh, almost at the end of the fermentation because they, there is a lot of sugar and a lot of alcohol. So sometimes the yeast can be um, stressed st- stressed by the alcohol presence. But the the start the beginning of the fermentation is very immediate and uh, also the process is quite fast. So the only fragile moment is when there is too much alcohol already. Do you try and slow the fermentation down initially when it gets a bit too fast? I do, yeah, I do with to avoid the temperature control, yeah. yeah. Do you use any nutrients, yeast nutrients or not? No, you try not no, to. No, no. You no, no, no. I do, but I use yeast. Yeah, okay. So it's like a neutral yeast, but I don't need to do any tr- nutrition, despite the fact that the volcanic soils are very poor in nitrogen. So that is another factor of stress for the so, fermentation. So why is nitrogen important to have in a fermentation? Because it's what yeast like to eat. <laughs> right, it's food for them. It's their yeah. breakfast, lunch, and yeah, dinner, exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about the main markets for the for the wine? Is it mainly sold in Italy, the Alianico, um, or is it sold on export markets? I know that, like, if you talk about Alianico in general, mostly I. What I can hear in the area is that the, the majority of producers sell more ad- abroad than in Italy. For me, the market is 50-50, and uh, what is abroad is more uh, Swiss, Germany, and uh, states. Okay. Cool. I just want to say thanks to my guest today, Viviana Malafarina. Thank you. Telling us about Basilisco. Thanks. Sir. On yeah. the um, Basilisco and Basilicata, on the Vulture, the Vulture, the volcanic mountain where Alianico finds its favorite home. Yes, it is. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thanks. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.